0: Fractional reserve banking purportedly has its roots in a time when gold and silver were traded. Goldsmiths would issue promissory notes, which were later used as a means of exchange. The goldsmiths used the deposited gold to issue loans with interest, and fractional banking was born. Now, many attribute this to the Templars in the Middle East, and the way they came across this information may have been through ritualistic or occult means. In the United States, the National Bank Act was passed in 1863 to require banks to keep reserves on hand to protect depositor funds from being used in risky investments. In 1913, the Federal Reserve Act created the System of Federal Reserve Banks we now know collectively as the Federal Reserve System. Banks were required to keep reserve balances with the Federal Reserve Banks. Now, what is very interesting about all of this, and what it has to do with us today, is that J.P. Morgan was a major player in the Federal Reserve. He is the man who funded the building of the Titanic, and He's also the man who cancelled his long-awaited journey just hours before its proposed departure. What does that have to do with the Federal Reserve? Well, three of the wealthiest men on earth, whom were against the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank, happened to be invited on board for its maiden voyage. It then headed full speed into a known iceberg field with less than half- The requested lifeboats and no red signal flares, no Rothschild or Rockefeller on board, and it sank to the bottom of the North Atlantic Ocean. Less than a year later, now that the wealthy opposition was out of the way, the Federal Reserve was created and the USA was turned into an incorporated business with its own business ID number. It's true. So, Mr. Benjamin Guggenheim, who opposed the Federal Reserve, Isis Strauss, who opposed the Federal Reserve, and Jacob Astor, who opposed the Federal Reserve, disappeared to the depths of the sea. Today, these men would be worth $11 billion. All three were aboard the Titanic when it sank. All three died that night, and the Federal Reserve was born. So, we have a system that relies on fractional reserve banking. The problem is, it is quite interesting how this works. The reserve requirements for banks under the Federal Reserve Act were set at 13%, 10%, and 7% depending on the type of bank in 1917. In the 1950s and 60s, the Fed has n- had not set the reserve ratio as high as 17.5, and it remained between 8 and 10% throughout much of the 70s through 2010s. During this period, banks with fewer than 16.3 million in assets were not required to hold reserves at all. However, banks With fewer than 124.2 million in assets, but more than 16.3 million, had to have a reserve size of 3%. And those banks with more than 124.2 million in assets had a 10% reserve requirement. See the problem here? Worst case scenario, let's say you do have to keep 10%. You can only give 10% of the people their money back, if at all. And it is not a system backed by precious metals, such as gold, which means it is prone to many problems. On today's podcast, we have a gold expert. We have someone who has worked in the financial system in New York. He's a pro that's going to explain what the problems are, where we're headed, how, if at all, we can stimulate the economy or at least prepare and batten down the hatches for what may come. None other than Dr. True Ott of Mother Earth Minerals. It's also a company that I 100% stand behind. I use their products on a daily basis, and I highly recommend going to MotherEarthMinerals.com. My other serious recommendation is if you haven't gone to HeroParanormal.com or Patreon and searched for Hero Paranormal, you are missing a ton of content behind the paywall. So please head on over to heroparanormal.com. For just five bucks a month, less than one coffee a month, you can get all kinds of preparation and interesting information. And although I don't give financial advice, this is my opinion and the opinion of Dr. True Ot, who has a lot of expertise when it comes to gold, Gold backs, which are an interesting new commodity, and the banking system, as he worked in finance for many years. You can also get a ton of phenomenology, cryptozoology, ufology, and all kinds of other interesting topics having to do with secret societies at heroparanormal.com, aka the Hyper Anomalous Esoteric Research Organization podcast. Get behind that paywall at Patreon and search for Hero Paranormal. Well, buckle up, this is going to be a heck of a ride into wild territory. Blast off in my time machine. Third, I feel like it need a Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Come, blast off in my time machine. Third, I feel like it needs Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Last off on another epic episode of the Hyper Anomalous Esoteric Research Organization Podcast, aka Hero Paranormal. Broadcasting from just south of the old Bigelow Ranch in the Uinta Basin of Utah, my name is Ryan, the Anomalous Ambassador of the Airwaves, bringing you an epic, financial, interesting, dark episode tonight. We have none other than gold expert Dr. Truatt. I could go on and on about his legitimacy, what he does, and everything that he does for so many. But instead, I am just going to bring him right on, and we're going to go right into this bank run situation and the financial collapse that may await. Dr. Trewa, welcome to the Hero Paranormal podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much, Ryan. It's a pleasure being back with you. My goodness. Are the times getting crazy or what?
0: This is beyond belief, actually. And I, you know, the first person I thought of when this was all happening was you because you've told me for so long that this was coming and, you know, that the system, the Federal Reserve and the fractional banking reserve system does not really have our best interest at mind. I don't know how in the world we're in this position, but it seems like we're here.
1: Well we are because, you know, humans tend to to be creatures of convenience. We we like to do what's easiest in the path of least resistance. I mean that's that's kind of like what's called being smart too, you know. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a bad thing. Why 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 work your tail off when you have ability to, to bring a backhoe in and do the work for you, you know, type of thing. And that's that's uh Part of what's neat about my bloodline, German, German innovation. You know, uh, it's important to work smarter, not necessarily work harder. But there are drawbacks to this, and and the money, the money they call so-called money, is different than currency. And and that's what I kind of want to focus on with your with your listeners today, Ryan, is the difference between currency and money if we could just define that
0: yeah let's jump into it because you know i was i was horrified to not only see that many of the regional banks are going down but also the major banks and i can't help but wonder if this is you know in my conspiratorial mind if this might just be by design to usher in a new digital currency
1: well that's exactly what it's all about you can't bring people in to accept something without having a, an underlying emergency to get people fearful to embrace it with open arms. Let's be honest with this. We know, let's just be objective, shall we? There has to be an overarching emergency where people begin to lose touch. I, I say lose touch with reality. Uh, well, I trust that the, that the science is right. I trust my government, Right. Uh uh-huh. um, Tell that to the Tuske- Tuskegee Airmen and others who were tested, you know, for <laughs> with syphilis, syphilis, and other VDs, right? Now, I myself, I, I, I hope and pray my government is not going to harm me, but I don't trust them that they won't. I trust my own instincts. I trust in people as a whole. I trust that ryan ryan burns is is not got some nefarious reason to harm me i think he's a friend i look at him you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you look you look at it you trust into a certain degree of 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 your fellow man but i gotta tell you i do not trust that somebody comes in and hi i'm from the government and i'm here to help you uh I grab my, my wallet in my backside and say, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need your Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it does seem like this is, it's a similar function. Trust in government. If, if this digital currency is rolled out, it's going to basically be the same thing. I mean, they've moved us from precious metals to paper. From paper now, we are moving into something that has absolutely no substance whatsoever and that kind of brings up something that you're familiar with, which is uh, not only the precious metals, but also something new and interesting, which is the goldbacks. How, how do we attack all this?
1: Okay, first we define what money is versus currency, okay? First of all, let's define currency uh, because we all know what that's in our wallets and our purses to some degree. We have these little pieces of paper What's the difference between a one thousand dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill, a five dollar bill or a one dollar bill? Aren't they the same size of paper? Yeah. are they is it the same amount of ink put on them? The only thing that makes them different is that everybody accepts the numbers on them okay mm-hmm. the banks the banks understand allowance is not counterfeited as long as you see the 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 strips and things in it, the counterfeit, if it's all legitimate, everybody accepts that, okay? The banks accept it. Uh, The government will accept it because they made a contract with the private Federal Reserve, which is private, ladies and gentlemen. It's not public whatsoever. They have a contract with the Treasury. It's a private for-profit corporation like Federal Express is, right? So the competence is simply I can go take that $100 century bill and buy $100 of groceries if my my grocery store will accept cash, all right? I can pay for whatever I need because everybody accepts it. That's what is called fungible. In other words, it's the same value in your wallet as it is in my wallet or my wife's purse. Everybody recognizes that and accepts it, and everybody accepts it even internationally. You know, I've traveled abroad enough, and and a lot of times people, especially certain uh, countries, will rather have a U.S. dollar than a peso or a mark or what have you, okay? Because it's it's recognized universally. So that's that's what currency is. If you took, let's say, 10,000 U.S. dollars and $100 bills and put them away in your closet, hit them up for a rainy day, that is what the problem with currency as opposed to money. It's a valuation at that time you put it away, you see, but to a little thief called inflation, what that... $10,000 would buy in 1975 is a whole lot different than what it's going to pay for in 2023. That's the difference between currency and money. Money is a storehouse of real wealth, which is purchasing power. Okay? Mm-hmm. Historically, money has always been, they started, the Egyptians and the Phoenicians started stamping out gold and silver coins primarily, and they became a storehouse of wealth. Because if you have 100 gold coins in 1971 and 100, 100 one-ounce gold coins in 2023, you have an absolute storehouse of buying power that's preserved. Okay? Mm-hmm. Even though it might have the same amount, it may have may have $10 stamped on it, it's worth $1,000 or more today, you see. That's the storehouse of wealth. So that's the difference between currency and money. So goldbacks are just like your paper currency, in the fact that they're about the same size. The difference is they aren't backed by gold. No, they are gold. They are money, not currency. That's the big difference. Okay?
0: Mm -hmm. And you you bring up a very interesting point uh, with the Federal Reserve because, you know, I find it so odd how it is literally a business. And I find it so odd that the man who funded the building of the Titanic, J.P. Morgan, and who was all for the Federal Reserve... Cancelled his long-awaited journey just hours before its proposed departure, and three of the wealthiest men on earth who were against the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank happened to be invited on board for its maiden voyage, uh, Mr. Guggenheim, Strauss, and Jacob Astor. And oddly enough, we have similar things with this Silicon Valley bank where people like uh, Mr. Thiel, Peter Thiel, uh, removed his money just before it all came apart, and it does kind of seem as if some of these people are either very lucky or they know what's coming down the pipe. What are your thoughts of of this, and do you think that this is funneling us towards towards this digital currency? I have a little bit of uh, cryptocurrency, and I was horrified at how much it went up, and you know, my fear of cryptocurrency is that there's nothing to show for it versus these goldbacks or precious metals.
1: My advice to anybody listening to this is just into crypto. My advice is to cash it out to, to Federal Reserve notes and as soon as possible, get it into gold back. Or if, it's, if you don't really like gold back concept, then get it into as much as you can into what's called junk silver. Which is simply pre-1964, 1965 issue gold coins, dimes, quarters, half dollars, dollars. Those, that's fungible store of wealth. You can you can put it in your in your safety deposit box or put it anywhere safe in your home safe or whatever, and it's always going to retain its value. Is it's what's called money, not currency. And sorry, cryptocurrencies fund to play around with you see a spike but it's nothing but really uh uh, some debit entries and what's called a non-fungible token nfts is there value there sure right now while the matrix is up and running the computer cyberspace yeah you can buy and purchase things with it but it's not real uh where you gonna you know you're gonna print out a a Non-fungible token? No, it's, it's only in cyberspace, the metaverse, where it's real. All right? So if, it's, if you're seeing substantial returns, my, and I'm not a, a licensed <laughs> securities <laughs> advisor, and I'm just telling you what I would do, mm-hmm. as soon as I would be possible, turn that into uh, a, a vehicle where you can transfer it right into... into a fungible, fungible form of money. In this case, what I have done myself is just that. Did I have some crypto? Yeah, played around with it, made some money, lost some money, did okay. But it's all into backs. all of it. Even, even my gold coins I had. I had quite a bit of gold coins, Ryan. That I just, it was, it was neat because I can take and, and transfer it uh, pretty much straight across for, for a good supply of goldbacks. People say, well, why did you do that? Uh, well, because my gold coins were pretty much one-ounce Krugerrands, uh, American Eagles, uh, Canadian Maple Leafs, and that type of thing. And look at the price of gold now. It's just a little shy of, of $2,000 an ounce. In other words, if I want to go buy a um, some bag of groceries for my family uh, and I have nothing, you know, but gold, what am I going to do? Get change for a $2,000 gold, gold piece? Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. They're going to have you go to a coin dealer and take a big hit on the spread because you're selling it, not buying it. And then you take that in and, and try and, and use your paper dollars for whatever. See? That's a problem that I saw with, with gold and the coins. This gold-back, the one-unit one gold-back is one-one-thousandth of a troy ounce of 99% pure 24 karat gold. Now, like I said, it's not gold-backed. It is gold. And that makes it easily spent and, and used as currency Whereas gold coins and even some gold bullion, not so easy to do that, you see.
0: Yeah, and Utah is in an interesting position when it comes to gold backs, among some other states. Can you explain to listeners what that is and, and what's taking place in the gold back market?
1: Oh, yeah, great question. Thank you. I, I like to think I had a little bit of something to do with the reason why gold backs are in, in existence. I was uh, in the financial planning industry uh, since I graduated in accounting from uh, the university in, uh, in, in 2004. I'm sorry, 1984. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Just showed you how old I am. Uh, and so I went into that, and, and you know, I, I, I had the opportunity. I, I won a, a scholarship type of, of award I went back for six-week intensive elite, they say elitist training in Wall Street. And at the end of the six weeks, we had a a final visit from the star of the stars, right? And it happened to be Mr. Paul Volcker, who was chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Well, he comes in and, and, wow, he's a... This is the head of the Fed, right? Mm-hmm. And what he told, told us was shocking to me. Keep in mind that I spent the uh, last six weeks learning how to diversify portfolios, even how to, to manage and make a mutual fund, okay? How to, to manage risk versus reward and look at all the markets from bond markets to, to what's uh, called arbitrage, moving markets around and taking, you know, making money off of just the sell of one asset versus another in in the trade markets. Okay. FX currency trading, all of this, we learned, we learned how to do all of this and how to look at trends. And if you follow the trends, you can make money in your sleep. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's, but it's all again, key to the city type of thing, whether it's a stock certificate, whether a stock broker or a bond, a treasury bill, What have you? Paul Volcker knew this, as did, you mentioned, J.P. Morgan, who didn't go on the Titanic, right? (laughs) But in 1912, I have this quote on a a placard in my wall. J.P. Morgan said this right the year before the Federal Reserve was actually formed in 1913. Morgan said, and I quote, gold... Is money everything else is credit that's exactly right, exactly right. The elite all know this. money, which I just defined as money, is gold. Nothing else is I know, silver to a certain degree, of course, but their focus, the elites has always been the focus on gold. everything else, including your your currency so-called bills. They're called bills for a reason they're an iou it's credit
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: stocks are an iou you give your earnings sometimes in gold and you get a piece of paperback saying you own a part of the company it's a promise to pay it's credit everything a bond well you know you, you in the old times you you you've got messing around and, and then got caught in chicanery, you put in what's called stocks and put on bonds. Is the stocks is where you put your head and your arms in, they lock you down, or they put you in bondage, chains. Stocks and bond market, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Wall Street, hmm, yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Volcker, his whole message was he took 000, a hundred thousand dollar, a one hundred thousand dollar, Federal Reserve note out of his money clip? I never seen anything like that. You know, hey, you got, hey, you got to change for a hundred grand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real deal. It had Woodrow Wilson on it as the president. You ever have a, you ever have a Woody Wilson <laughs> bill <laughs> in your pocket? <laughs> okay. you say, hey. Hey, you got a Woody? You're just happy to see me. Happy oh, to see boy. me. Sorry,
0: <laughs> pretty good.
1: So he he takes that Woody, the Woodrow Wilson, and lights it and burns it as he lights his cigar up. Okay. Object lesson. I got money to burn. I'm filthy rich. Burn a hundred thousand dollar bill in seconds. Okay. His message was. This and he holds up his wad of paper money is not for you," he said, and I quote, "It is for the consumption of the goy." Now I, being a Mormon boy from Utah, had no idea what that meant. I thought it was an acronym of some kind. Was it GOI? Does that mean gross over income or or guaranteed oblong insurance? I don't know what it meant. Okay. But I wrote G-O-I? No, it wasn't G-O-I, it's G-O-Y. And it's, now I understand, Goy is a Yiddish term meaning non-Jewish or lesser people. Okay? Mm. Some would even say it's a term that stands for human cattle or what have you. Uh, but it's definitely, it's not for you, Mr. Volker, who's Jewish, said. to uh, All of my people that I remember, they were mostly Jewish, if not all. Um, most of them came from Wall Street firms, big venture capitalist firms, that type of thing. Because I know most of them were Yelmolks, school caps, school caps, you know, uh, and I didn't, uh, etc. But anyway, here I'm sitting, uh, what is this? Not for us, for the consumption of the goy? I'll leave it to the listener to decide if that means for the goy to consume or whether this was to consume the goy. I don't know. But it was not for these people to use. The, the whole message was, you turn all of your paper. Now, he said, it's okay to have short-term paper. You have to be in the system, okay? But once you have the profits, you turn your paper into these. And he, and he held a handful of gold coins, and they, he, he shook them, and they made a clink, 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 clink sound. It was kind of musical, and that was his entire message. He had it, he had about a dozen or more laminated little cards with some phone numbers and addresses on them, which he said were these specific mints of different countries, hotlines you can call and order in bulk if you needed to, special, special numbers. Once you transfer your paper into this, he said, then you take and you transfer this these coins and put them into numbered bank accounts some were swiss some were cayman islands they were all offshore so that's my message to you any questions mm. well i looked around nobody's raising their hand but i had a, a number of questions so i I raised my hand respectfully. He looks right at me and says, oh, you're the Mormon boy from Utah. Oh, really? Nice to make your acquaintance, Mr. Volk. Yeah, how'd you know that? i i am not wearing a yarmulke?
0: <clears throat>
1: I said, yes, sir. Yeah. My question is, we spent the last several weeks learning how to diversify and manage risk and, and do risk portfolios based on risk versus reward. Why are you now telling us to put all of our eggs in one basket? Why shouldn't we diversify our holdings in accounts? That's my, that was my question to him. He was still puffing away on his cigar, and he acted like he didn't even hear my question. I was about ready to. It was getting a little nervous. He just silent, as he puffed away in blue smoke rings with his cigar. Finally, he said. He reached into his pocket again, pulled out his gold coins, clinked them again, and he'll never, never. I'll never forget his his words. Until you have these, clink, 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 clink. Right. You have no eggs. Hmm. Unbelievable. That's what he said and goes back to what J.P. Morgan said in 1912. Gold is money. Everything else is credit. See, The elite know this, Ryan. I knew this then, and I never forgot it because I thought... I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. My initial knee-jerk reaction was, this guy is, is an old-school fogey. He's as fogey as a stogie, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's out of touch with modern. I, I was I was so brash and self-confident and cocky. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to go make millions now They know the secrets, and I'm going to diversify my portfolio. This guy's nuts. I'm not going to put it all into this metal. That's not not romantic. So I ignored it. I really did. I said largely because I came back to my to my brokerage house in Utah, Intermountain Financial Group, and and they wanted to have a report of what I'd learned and I told them all about it and then I learned about what Volker said. And maybe I thought we should advise our clients to put half of their of their assets under management into gold. Oh, that was vetoed. There's no money in gold as far as commissions are concerned. You can't turn the gold and make commissions. That doesn't work, you see. So, no, no, no. Mr. Volker has his ideas, but they're old-fashioned, and that's not what we do here. It was uh, like cutting wind in a, in a, in a <laughs> public in a public uh, black-tie party. <coughs> it didn't go over very well. So okay, I, I, you're right. I, I don't think that's what we should do. But, but since then, again, this was in 1984 when this happened, Ryan. Mm-hmm. But since then, I've come to realize Volker and J.P. Morgan before him was absolutely right. Okay, there's a company called I, ITM Trading, who I know very well. They, they do all their 99% of their business is basically putting and uh, tr- uh, putting in pre-1933 U.S. gold coins. They, they, mul- they market those into you know, large-scale retirement holdings because they show that nothing, no mutual fund or anything else has even matched the rate of return of the numismatic values of these pre-1933 gold U.S. Eagles, period. Period. They are that valuable and that tradable? If I'd listened to what Volker said and done what he said in 1984, I'd be a multi millionaire today because I put so much into the stock market, I lost so much here and there, risking things. And I'd, I took a big time back at the when the housing bubble crashed, the subprime mortgage crash of 2008. I, I, I took a beating, okay? If I had. Not done bad, and if I'd done what Nick Volker had said, you know, hindsight is 2020. I'm telling you, I'd be a multi-multi-millionaire today. He was exactly right. The final thing he said is we closed up, and after he said that about you have no eggs, I mean, I asked him, well, isn't it like putting all your eggs in one basket, you know? No, you, unless you have these gold coins, you have no eggs. The final thing he said was he took out another $100,000 Woody Woodrow bill and then compared it to a $1 George Washington. And he said, it may not happen in my lifetime, but it may well happen in your lifetimes. The people I work for know and have told me that at some point in time, this But he held up the $100,000 Woody will be equal in value to this, the George Washington. In other words, no, no difference in $1 and $100,000. That caused nightmares with me at night. I said, well, how could that happen? What are they really planning to do that? <clears throat> now we see that's that's a very real possibility. You know, the same thing happened in the Weimar Republic of Germany after World War I ended, okay? The German mark, which uh, uh, was so valuable in all of Europe, was basically the premier currency there in Europe, became totally worthless, giving it, it, it hyperinflation. They couldn't print them up fast enough, So hyperinflationary cycles uh, during the 1920s in Europe. The employees were paid not once a day, twice, sometimes three times a day, so they can get to the to the baker or the, the butcher shop and get their food before the price went up the roof again. They were carrying they were carting wheelbarrows full of paper marks to trade in for a loaf of bread. The fact that's what 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 Volker was talking about. There'll come a time where the United States currency will be just like the Weimar Republic. It's called fiat currency. Fiat meaning it's only valuable based on government decree. Government says it is, therefore it is. A $1 bill is got the same amount of paper in it as a 5 or a 20 Same amount of ink. Similar artwork. But it's just the numbers on it that's the difference, you see. And Volcker knew it Explain it to us, and I've never forgotten that as I've advised my clients at the time when I was doing financial planning work with them. So, just for what it's worth, to hedge your bets and have your insurance policy, I would put gold in your portfolio. Now, fast forward to, to, the, to the crash of 2008, the big recession where I lost a ton of money. A lot of people I knew did also. Mm -hmm. So in 2009 and into 2010, I did seminars. In fact, you can see uh, I did a seminar that's that's online. You just Google up Dr. Ott and money mechanics is what I called it. It's a video. And I did it. It's like an hour-long presentation where I called exactly what's happening now, I just thought it was going to happen in 2010. I really was amazed because I didn't realize how much they would do with quantitative easing. You know, when Obama would pull off the stops and just print money like nothing else. Right? Mm-hmm. Flood, the, flood the people with markets. So what I was saying in 2010 is what I see happening right now in a, in a big, big way. You can't Print more money to solve the problem anymore. You can't really take out and do what's called quantitative easing any longer because why? Internationally it's all rupturing. I have uh, friends uh, overseas who visited places like Tehran and Iran and places in the Middle East, uh, uh, Abu Dhabi. They are taking U.S. dollar bills and burning them in the streets in bonfires. That's what's happening. Okay, The dollar bill is no longer revered. It's not. That's what's, That's a fallout from when we pulled out so gloriously from Afghanistan and left our personnel and people behind for the Taliban to take over. That's in the message to the Arab nations. America betrayed Islamic Brothers. Okay? And that was a big problem for America's overseas. The United States dollar has always been special because it's been held up since Bretton Woods uh, conference as the world's reserve currency, and as such the OPEC nations have recognized it as the petrodollar. So people have been taking dollars in, in exchange for oils since the 60s and 70s and 80s and all the way through the present time until until Afghanistan pull out. And it's not happening anymore. So when you when the reserve currency is gone, who's going to buy the excess dollars? Nobody. So the uh, burn them for for street street worms and street street bins. That's what's happening. All right? It's it's a fulfillment of Volcker's prediction to me that this would happen so do i think that uh, silicon valley bank was accidental no absolutely not the brokers internationally that understand this gave strong warning thursday and, and wednesday before to pull money out pull their currency out and put it someplace else so there was a 48 plus billion dollar run unprecedented run they couldn't fill they couldn't fill the the, re, the re, withdrawal orders fast enough <laughs> and so the regulators had to come down and shut it down so normally FDIC insured banks cover up to $250,000 in deposits right the problem was the vast majority of depositors were silicon valley startups with millions and millions of dollars in some cases a couple billion they were mostly tied to a little country in the Middle East called Israel. They're startup companies, like uh, Samuel Bankman frieds buddies, okay? Mm -hmm. So they began to pull out, and the word spread, and before long, the regulators had to come and shut it down. But Mr. Biden, for the first time ever, said, oh, no problem, we'll guarantee every depositor, even the big boys, not just the people with less than $250,000. Now, why did he do that?
0: It seems like a favor to me.
1: Well, could it possibly be that the big hitters were buddies of Hunter, Mm -hmm. his son, which are tied to the Ukraine accounts and all of this, see? When you understand, really, the, the secret behind this, the whole Silicon Valley Bank thing and Signature Bank, uh, with its heavy leanings toward crypto and all of this, if these institutional bigwigs had their money lost, it would be a ripple effect uh, to affect places like Credit Suisse and other big international banks, which are more into laundering drug money, right, and securing it in safe havens than any, anything else. So we had to protect the big, big boys as well, or the ripples would have been felt. All the way up into Credit Suisse. Okay? Hmm. So, what does that mean for us now? Why the big run? You see, who advised to get the money out and why? Those are the big questions. Because when you look at it objectively, Silicon Valley Bank (SVPB) was fifteenth largest bank in the country, over two hundred billion dollars under management. Where did it all go? See, mm-hmm. electronic startup—it's book valuations. Signature Bank was mostly crypto-based. You know that, so. It goes back to what Volcker was telling me and my friends in, in 1984. It's going to happen. This thing we call currency, United States dollars, USD, Fiat, Federal Reserve. notes. you've got a window here, ladies and gentlemen. You better put them into some fungible, absolute money. And that's why I recommend so highly this gold back. It's it's a that's the right product for the right time, and I can't I just can't emphasize how important that is right now.
0: And that brings that brings me to a, a really important question, which it seems that people are so complacent that we are a little bit late on the calendar on this one. But there is still time, as you said. And, you know, looking back throughout history, even before the great deluge, 12 to 13,000 years ago, there is historical evidence for civilizations mining gold, you know, 200,000 years ago. And when, when you look at that and why it had value then, you have to seriously contemplate our situation now when we are trading in paper and credit cards and everything is based on debt. There's no real value, as you said. I'm hoping you can tell listeners where they can purchase these gold backs, secure something more that is uh, tangible and a type of currency that will help them get through this.
1: Oh, you bet. I'm. I am a. Well, you probably guessed. I am a, a gold back dealer. I. You asked, and this kind of goes into the other question I didn't quite fully answer. Where did this all begin? So. Uh, I'm sorry for not answering more, qu- more succinctly and quickly. Let me, let me dovetail into both questions, okay? Mm-hmm. So in 2000, after this whole fiasco with the, with the uh, uh, housing bubble, or the, the subprime mortgage bubble, I should say, collapsed, I was, the only thing I really had that was asset was my gold and silver that I had, I had positioned myself pretty well with, so I had that to fall back on. And so, some of my larger accounts are that I that I counsel to do qualified funds. I mean, start up a, a, an IRAs and Kios and four hundred one ks, right? Profit sharing. I went back to them and I said, based on what we saw, you know, with the this recession and the you know the the, the subprime collapse, what I would recommend is. Now, you know, now Congress has passed laws where you can put all, if you want, all of, your, all of your assets into gold and silver inside of your qualified accounts. So I went back to some of my clients, and there was one, one firm that had uh, over 100 employees, and they amassed amassed darn near a million dollars worth of in, in their paper accounts uh, in their qualified 401K structure, okay? So I went to the owners of the company, I said, look what you can do now, you can, I really seeing this how, you know, same thing we're talking about today, why not uh, put all of these into solid gold, put them in a custodial account of which I can put you in touch with and just make sure you keep the, the promise of the hard asset intact. You own this, but it's, you can't have possession of it until you retire, Correct. Mm-hmm. You have to have in what's called an IRS-approved custodial account. So I, I had brokered a million dollars, roughly, just a shade under a million, into gold and some silver, mostly gold, but but most a little bit. So here I am, brokering this deal with uh, a gold, um, gold company. Actually, two gold companies here in Utah. And, of course, we came in and said, well, you know, there's new rec- state regulations. Anything over $100,000 purchase, they need to have this information sent in. I said, well, that's none of their business, but if it's a law, fine, we'll do it. Well, they sent it in, and electronically, within hours after filling out the form, they were notified, the, the Gold House, before they could transfer payment, that they had to collect 6.2% sales tax. On that gold. And as you can imagine, I'm livid. I mean, I was making maybe one and a half percent on the float. I mean, 15000 that's a pretty good commission for the work that i had done. But it, to have the state take $62,000 for nothing, it didn't sit well with me, especially because we're talking money here, right? So I wrote letters to the, I says, no, because when I gave this information to the, they were saying, well, maybe we better rethink this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. We'll keep it where it's at. That's a $62,000 hit. I said, wait a minute. Let me work on this. So I began, I mean, I, I went to the state tax commissioner in Utah, and I, I says, what are you people thinking? What part of Article One, Section Eight and Section Ten of our U.S. Constitution don't you understand? Where only gold and silver will be used for extinguishing for debt for basically money. That's what Article One, Section 8 of our Constitution talks about. This is not a commodity like like oil or or pork belly shares. Okay. This is money. I said, would you you have a problem if I put it all, a million dollars, into junk silver, which is still quarters and dimes and half dollars, all silver? It's getting changed from their dollars. But no, you recognize that because it's stamped in the U.S. currency. Mm -hmm. It's just taking change for a dollar. Are you going to to charge 6.2% tax on junk silver? Their answer was yes. It's a commodity at this point. I'm saying, oh, my goodness. Jeez. Yeah, you know, it, it just didn't set well with me. So I came back and I did another chart for, for my clients. It says, okay, look at what's the historical value of gold. Okay, so you take a 6.2% hit. It, it's like a surcharge, but you'll probably get it back. And, and they went ahead and did it anyway. But I had to pay our state government. $62,000. And they didn't take it in gold, by the way. They had to pay it <laughs> in, in the currency. <clears throat> so I said, this, isn't, this is fundamentally wrong. Okay? So an attorney that I knew, a, a very skilled uh, common law-based attorney, he said, you're right. I, I did. I was on talk radio shows the problem and, and and grousing about it in a strong way says so this is just not constitutional even the state Constitution it violates that in my opinion right so this attorney uh, mr. Hilton wrote a bill and introduced it to the state legislature it's called the Utah Species Act where in if you check it out it, it was passed in 2011 it made it clear that gold and silver cannot be taxed as a commodity because it isn't. It's, it's, it is found money, end of story. And so Utah passed that law, and that set the foundation for, again, people buying large amounts of gold and silver in their IRAs and POs and 401Ks and not being having to pay tax to a gold broker for it, see? Mm. But that began the, the basis for the same group of people to get together and, and come up with the, the patented process of the gold back, making it smaller denominations and so easily transferred, uh, and it all being gold, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it. And that became... The, the foundation of Goldback. So the other sec, the other question that you asked that you asked, uh, I'm a, I'm a broker. I'm proud to be a broker. Uh, I, I make no bones out, hopefully get some commission on people that are interested in this, but it's a, I guarantee you, Ryan, it's going to be a minimal thing. All right. I will tell you this. If it's okay with you, Ryan, um, have people contact you that are interested
0: okay all right
1: I will I will promise to you that I will I will give this out at my rock bottom uh, which is which is roughly 30 cents off of the average exchange rate that's your buy rate and that's a I mean you I don't think you'll find that anywhere anywhere on the internet okay sure you can go buy some from money money uh, Metals or or other places. Apex Apex has them. American Precious Metal Exchange, Apex, have they, they're all over. But I don't think you'll find that guaranteed price. I will price that to you, Ryan, all day long with your with listeners. But I'll tell you something else. If you if you go into into a bigger amounts, like if you want to put out some of your, if you go above fifty thousand in a qualified account, okay, Mm -hmm. I will drop that another $0.05. I will go to $0.35 below.
0: That's a good deal. That is a good deal.
1: I'm going to make a little bit on the other side, but not much. Okay. I don't care about making a commission on this. I care about getting people outside of the box, of the... The more people that are freed up, the more I'm freed up. You know what I'm I'm talking about?
0: Oh, absolutely. We're
1: all in this together. We're all in this together.
0: And, you know, the, the, the amazing thing is that in all cultures, gold has an extensive history, as do all precious metals. And... In the even in the indigenous system of medicine, the consumption of gold or what they call gold therapy, very little amounts, um, has had widely prevalent use in areas like India where it's still used a lot. And you go back more in uh, biblical times, gold was valued very highly. And you go way back, even discussing things such as the Anunnaki and uh, getting into extraterrestrial areas. And there are very widespread beliefs that gold was very involved in that. So it's not as if this is a commodity that's going to lose its value. Because since the beginning of man and his ability to write down or verbally communicate history, it has been at the top of the totem pole as far as currency. I mean, I don't see that changing.
1: Oh, absolutely. If you look at the the uh, the Bible, yeah, you know, the Old Testament talked about the the contract between God and Abraham, and it was all based on a sound principle of, of weights and measures where were he ordained gold to be the prime measurement. It's called a shekel of gold. shekel means a measurement of L or God. So that's what it actually means. And so this was the weight Weight and measure to measure what a a, a bushel of wheat would be, or a, a bunch of grapes to make wine, or wine itself, any commodities. This was ordained, and this actually was true in in Egypt, anciently. The Egyptians were the first to basically find, or so we're told by archaeologists, to to make gold gold coins as a means of barter, standardizing it. So we see all this happen through the Judeo-Christian um, Code and and even going back to Babylon, of course, the Code of Hammurabi and all of this talks all about you know the, me- the honest weights and measure of gold and silver to some degree. Now, the ex- the actual Hebrew word for gold in the in the Hebrew text is the word zahab, zahab, z a h a b. Now, zahab. Has a special meeting, by the way, and I got to say, when, when we talk about gold and even silver or any mineral, my business is called Mother Earth Minerals. I I prepare minerals for the consumption of people medicinally, okay, or to help their health. I shouldn't say they're medicine because they're they're natural, pure nutrition. <clears throat> but gold, gold and and silver and copper and zinc and every other mineral. You know what's amazing. Man cannot make that. You know how many times man has tried to make, manufacture gold, synthetically, hmm. or silver. Think about it. You can't. We hear of, of the king Midas, and Midas is touched trying to you know, having the gods give him the ability to make gold. We hear about Rumpelstiltskin in in the mythology and fairy tale stories. This little elf that can spin straw into gold, right? So this has always been what's known as the philosopher's stone that the ancient ones have tried to make. But you can't. What's the difference, Ryan, between shiny, beautiful gold and lead? Lead weighs weighs the same, pretty much, than gold. Lead has one electron, and it's outer shell difference. That's it. You should be able to, to take away that electron, or add an electron, as the case may be, a proton, and create turn that into gold. You think it would be easy for a, a a chemist to to do that on the and the on the micro scale, but they can't. You can't. It's 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 got a firewall they haven't been able to break. You see. So it is. Absolutely, the creation of a, a, a form of, the, of our creator that made this and ordained this of um, everything else of every other mineral. Okay, hmm. That's unique. People say, Well, Dr. Ott, thank you so much for, for making these minerals. I have to crush them. I said, Please, I don't make them, I just put them in a, in a usable form and bottle them and label them. Okay, the creator belongs, it belongs to the person who. The, the entity that made this world. It didn't happen accidentally. Now, Zahab, it means these three original Paleo Hebrew letters Zion, Ahel, and Beta. Those three things mean, mean something by themselves. When you combine them, it's a special message. Zahab literally means look to the sh- one who is coming who will be pierced for your sins and will come from the house of bread of bethlehem it's a covenant mm-hmm. word anciently holy mackerel and we hear about in the in, we read in the, in the gospel text parables of of Christ teaching of something called the refiner's fire, right? You you have to go through this trial and heat to refine to make the purest gold. Now, when you have that 24 karat pure gold, it's indestructible, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You can burn. You try melting it; it doesn't lose itself. It, you can even nuke it. It won't matter. It's still eternal, and it never loses its brilliance and its shine and its spark no matter it's not corruptible it's incorruptible that's what's amazing about this i mean mel fisher brought out all these these pure gold uh, artifacts off the bottom of the ocean after since 14 or since 1622 and they're shiny as the day they went in the water it's,
0: it's incorruptible fascinating fascinating it really is i mean it is it it is when it comes to alchemy it really is the divine metal the divine element and you know it's it's just amazing and i want to also point out i earlier i mentioned uh before we jumped on together i mentioned mother earth minerals meminerals.com and listeners should definitely go there. I purchase your uh, liquid minerals, and it, I think they're essential for good health, as well as um, other things. Liquid. You even have colloidal silver. Uh, you have liquid gold. You have all kinds of nutritional supplements, and you get them out to people quickly. They're very healthy. I noticed a difference. I was I was in the toilet, and I needed potassium and some other supplements. And talk about easily ingestible. No horrid taste. Made me feel amazing. Um, so I just want to mention to listeners to go to meminerals.com. That's Mother Earth Minerals. And if you're interested in buying these goldbacks, please reach out to me. You can do that at heroparanormal at yahoo.com. That's paranormal at yahoo.com and I can funnel you through to Dr. Truot and you can get some of these amazing Utah goldbacks. Is there anything um, else that we should tell listeners having to do with this topic?
1: Well, it, it doesn't matter where you are in the country, okay? Because, again, the definition of money is, is something that's of value that anybody will want to exchange goods or services for, all right? If you look on on eBay and look at Goldback, there's a fellow that's been selling these single Goldback units for about, I don't know, a year or so at, at $20. You can buy it now in 1995 or you can bid on the single unit. That's $20 a unit. And he sold many of them. I was shocked. Now that this is catching on more with the, with the bullion bet sellers and coin shops, you know, it's more like Five fifty-six dollars a unit. Okay, uh, the average exchange rate is, uh, as of today, I think was three dollars and ninety-eight cents. Just a couple of cents shy of four bucks. So you get the idea for this. And I, I also want to say, when they first came out, based on the price of gold in 2019, they were just shy of two dollars an average exchange rate. They were like a buck, buck ninety or something. Okay. So they've, they've pretty much doubled in value since 2019. Not because, okay, that they're more valuable because of their numismatic or collectible thing. No, no, no. It's because gold is increased, which is what they are. They're gold, which really means the purchasing power of your paper dollars have gone in the toilet. They've, they're less than half of what they were in 2019 before the... So-called pandemic hit us. That's what you have to realize. It's not what the value is in U.S. dollars. No, no, no. It's what people will take in exchange for goods and services, and that's the store of value that I'm talking about here. Okay. I don't know of too many stocks that almost doubled in value since 2019. Do you? Do
0: you, None. Ryan? None. Yeah.
1: They, and it's based, and it's all pegged on return on investment (ROIs) based on what people perceive is their store of value, which is false. Which is the U.S. dollar? It's not, not bad at all. It's what it's. That's what you can buy with it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So that's why I'm saying get these while you can. Um, I've been I've been super busy with people now, especially since what's happened on Friday. But I, I I'm really Shocked because I think it should be three times more, more, more busy, because people don't understand what I just talked about. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what money is versus currency, Ryan. And they're you know they don't have money. I, I took a friend of mine into the to the mall uh, about you know in October or into November. Okay, people are starting to do their Christmas shopping, right? So I just set up and I I had a um, I had my little VCR camera going, and I said, could I, you know, I'm I'm True Truott with the story behind the story, radio show, could I ask you just a quick question? I'm doing it like a survey, and most people were polite, and says, 'Well, well, sure. I said, what is money? And, and they looked at, uh, what did you say? Uh, what is money? And they looked at me like, are you kidding me? Are you this is looking up a candid camera, you know, as a joke <laughs> or something, impractical jokers.
0: <laughs> and it is says, a big question though.
1: And they looked at me and I said, do you have, do you have any money? They said, Well And they just turned up, most of them just said, that's it. I don't want to talk to you anymore. But the ones that were, that stayed around, they say, well, yeah. Um, uh, Money is what I buy, buy things with. See, no. You buy things in your wallet, and in your purse, with currency, not money. It's a huge difference. And they didn't want to even stick around to even learn more. about. When I looked, and I said, what is money? What's, nobody could tell me. I, I, mean, I must have talked to 100 people, and they all looked at me and said, you're stupid. You know, what kind of a question is that? We all know what money is. No, but they don't.
0: Mm-mm.
1: See, that's the whole issue. <laughs> the looks people. I remember a couple of couple of uh, Hispanic ladies, bless her and they started talking in Spanish they themselves, like, these local crazy, you know,
0: <laughs> and, just,
1: and just walked away. It's Like, don't answer any questions. If they're asking what money is, run away from them. They're, they're stupid or crazy, right?
0: That's right. And, and there seems to be a lot of I- imitation money or currency, because since the beginnings of time, it, it seems as if everything is trying to represent or be the new gold or silver. And there's just no way to really mimic that. It, it's it's a pretty important message.
1: Well, I, absolutely. That's why you know, I, I thank you for inviting me on, on your podcast. Again, you're always on the cusp of things, Ryan. And so I would just I would just leave it with, with that as people just just to contemplate philosophically, really what we're talking about here. Okay. Whatever people are willing to exchange is really the value here. Okay. So it goes back, and even though you may be listening to us in Alaska or even Canada, I I've had some people on my radio show send me money uh, in the Philippines, to send them to the Philippines. Because whether it's a peso in the Philippines or Mexico or what have you, would you rather have that piece of monopoly-looking paper or a really shiny, beautiful, fungible thing? And You know what's happening? The, the guy that I, I sent about 200 USD worth down to the Philippines, he's like, people are just loving these. They love them because they look so, they look really cool. They're artwork. The this brings us to the other pro, problem that we're facing with these, right?
0: They do look <laughs> like something these, you could frame.
1: They don't want to give them up. They're hoarding them, mm-hmm. and I want people. I want people to be able to spend them and, and use them as currency, but even though they're money, uh, to buy goods and services, get them exchanged because they hold up a whole lot better. Than paper dollars. I mean, they're they don't they don't have you know viruses, bugs, and anything on them. No, gold is antibacterial, by the way. You know, you really it's not filthy lucre. It's not nasty things where people can harbor disease in. No, these are gold and silver, antibacterial and antiviral themselves, is the very nature of them. Okay, so you don't have to disinfect these, and they they. No matter what, they are shiny and beautiful. I mean, you can put them in salt water, and they just come out looking. Like, I mean, they don't corrode. They're beautiful. So people are saying, "Wow!" Um, in fact, my employees here at Mother Earth Minerals. I said, "You know, I'll give you guys a choice. I'll either, you know, keep, you know, do your time cards, and I'll pay you in, in gold backs or we'll just keep it the way it is." And even though my employees love the goldbacks, they say, "Well," I want to be paid in this because I don't want to spend I won't spend these. okay, Well, that's a real compliment to their their value because people you go out and say would you would you give me uh, a five dollar hunk of cheese for one of these dollars, one of these uh, these this artwork, this gold back? Well heck, yeah, that's that's beautiful, yeah, well, I guess so. It's what people are willing to exchange for in, in, in their goods and services, which is what money is all about. That's why we made money. It's how do you exchange uh, for a fish or a, a piece of bread, a loaf, right? What are you willing to exchange for that? That's right. Will you go wash? Will you work for that? Yeah. I'll, I'll, if I'm hungry, I'll work if I have to. I don't want to starve you see so that's the whole basis of what gold is. It's a measurement of a person's labor. you understand that mm-hmm. okay The biggest thief of all is the individual comes in and gives you an inflationary piece of paper as a promise to pay for your labor. Man is putting people under under slavery a bondage again a bond kind of stock oh we've got to change people's mindset brian the way you think about things and then yeah uh at least here in, in my neighborhood i'm working to get little convenience stores groceries grocery places that are mom and pop especially they're easy oh heck yeah i'll take these on and i'll take them at the at the average exchange rate the only thing they have to do is is look up goldbackcom okay that's the website goldback.com and see what the average exchange rate is whether it's a a, a Nevada issued one we have the, the Nevada series there's a Wyoming series there's a New Hampshire series and a Utah series right mm-hmm. no matter what it is it's the same price average exchange rate across the board so that the, the grocer whoever the gas station owner says okay well I can, I'll, I'll take them for that exchange rate it's just a matter of calculating them out there's a really handy calculator on goldback.com exchange rate calculator you put out the amount let's say you have hundred dollars worth of, of gas or petrol okay ding 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 put it in push, that's how much goldbacks you have to, to to give pretty simple you know not not not, not rocket science so, so I want people and in, in the in the marketplace to start taking them, and exchanging them, and it, even if it's a, if it's a neighborhood, uh, start paying your your the kids that, that do odd jobs for you. Uh, I, I made a deal with my lawn uh, maintenance people to pay them in gold back. That's where it starts. I want to get these out and get people that can. They want to go down to the grocery store and buy some, they can use the goldbacks so they just gave them. Mm-hmm. Now, that's where things change. If enough people start exchanging these and using them as currency. That's the big thing. If you go on the website, goldback.com, they are virtually impossible to counterfeit. Okay? They're each given an individual serial number, and the, the, the structures of them, good luck trying to counterfeit those. You just really can't. It's impossible. It's a patent pending process. That's the neat thing. You can't counterfeit these. And in closing, you know, man, a lot of gold and silver coins have been counterfeited lately and done very well. Huh. A good friend of mine put this, I told him about about getting... I wanted to buy some... some uh, silver eagles from me because I do broker with a with a company called Monarch Coin. And he says, Okay, well they're expensive. They're thirty thirty five, thirty six dollars a coin. I says, Yeah, because they're American Eagles and people pay a premium for that because it's of the US Treasury. Alright? Well I can get a I can get a, a generic round for about nine dollars less. Why should I want to do that? <clears throat> so I said to him well because the u.s treasury they're more available and more you know easily there's a there's a a premium on no matter where you go to them to buy they you always get that that same value higher well he said ah well i i think i'll just look for generic rounds hmm. so you know what he did he he found a place <laughs> he got him off of ebay thirty thousand dollars and they certified that they were American Eagles. And so he, he gets them, and they were about, he got them for about $22 around instead of 35 And he was like, uh, You're trying to rip me off, Drew. I thought you were my friend. I, I got these on, on a special closeout out on eBay for $22. bucks. you are trying to make all this money on me. And he got, he said, I thought you were my friend. I said, I won't tell you his name. I said, no. I'm you know, i I'm, I'm dealing with Monarch Coin and another coin dealer. These are legitimate. Well, he got them. Let me tell you, right? They came just to what's called a monster box, right? Mm-hmm. They had the, the green lid on the plastic. Uh, it looked, boy, it looked legitimate. Oh, my goodness. I was wondering how in the world this, this guy must be really hard up to sell these are almost half price. And I was thinking, maybe I would to go buy a bunch. Because, my goodness. But then I said, okay, not all, I said, something's wrong here, my friend. He says, yeah, you're trying to rip people off. I'm telling everybody I can to go buy these that want to buy silk. I said, okay, bring them to me and let's look, let's analyze. I got to tell you, I why they look looked so legitimate to me. I told him that they, they clink like these you know, they have a special clink. They're shiny, they look beautiful. Man did they go do a good job on these, except for one thing. They're magnetic. <laughs> you put a magnet on the them and clink.
0: Oh no. That's what he said. He got hosed.
1: So he went back on, I want to return these. Why? Are they defective? Well, they're phony, baloney. No, they wouldn't return them because they said that he exchanged and had to rip them off.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who, Way who, to
1: go. Yep. Buyer beware out of eBay. Okay? Don't. <laughs> Listen, These <had> a, <clears throat> these come from our friends in China. You know what's amazing? Uh, I took him into my coin dealer. I took a sleeve. You know, they had the U.S. Treasury seal and everything on him, right? Mm-hmm. I took the sleeve in. He looked them up. He says, okay, I'll give you $34 per coin. I said, you will? He goes, yep. He got 20 in a sleeve. Six hundred whatever, you know. You want to cash a check? I said, Oh man. He's laughing he says, What are you laughing at? I said, I don't blame you. I would have I mean it fooled me too. I had my neodymium magnet. I says, put a magnet on those. Plink. He goes, What the hell? It would it would have fooled him without the magnet.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And he says, what's going on here? I says, I want to help uh, out. And you know what's, what's crazy, Ryan? He went to his coin case. He had just taken in a bunch of these and paid, and they were the same thing.
0: Just he got, shady. He
1: got hosed. He got hosed. He never thought to put a magnet on him.
0: <clears throat> what a concept.
1: <laughs> so, and you know what, he, there was, there was, <laughs> there was another fellow, he asked to put him on some of his, there was a couple of uh, gold eagle, you know, the smaller gold eagles that he just bought from the same guy. And they were like 1878. He paid him, he, he said there were three of them. He paid him a, uh, you know, the price of the gold. And those were magnetic, too.
0: Whoa, they are getting good. China is getting good at falsifying.
1: Really anything. good. Man, was he... He was... He was happy and thankful for me if on one end, but sick on the other. He said, I can't very well go back and... You know? Because I think the guy was probably duped him as well he was but he didn't i, just says, I know this guy I, he's not a shyster he's and he probably took him in for somebody else and paid somebody else you see
0: mm-hmm. yeah and that's the difference you're somebody i know and trust and 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 these these people on ebay etc a lot of these fly by night places are not
1: I bet you even Pawn Stars and you know the, the, the History Channel boys down there at Vegas. I would be surprised if they, maybe they would catch it, because they probably have magnets on these, because they're they're pretty up on things. But man, oh man, I don't think most people would catch that. It sure fooled me. It's. I thought, well, let's just I just thought about putting a magnet on it. Could clink. It stuck to him even through the the plastic treasury
0: sleeve. (laughs) Ooh, what amazing. It's scary. It's scary what people are getting away with. And I I just can't thank you enough as we wrap up here uh, for coming on, sharing your knowledge and experience. I will definitely send any listeners your way um, that are interested in buying something that is more conducive to weathering the storm. And um, yeah. Uh, definitely look forward to hopefully talking to you again. Is there any closing comments we should, we should end with?
1: No, just to just get these, you'll love them. Uh, the, if you, if you're not really looking to spend them, if you want to hold them, I would say go 50, the fifties, which is 50, you can feel the weight of the 50, 50 units. Okay. It's literally the same exact weight as a, you know, fifty ones. In fact, I have a friend who's an engineer, um, who I showed all this to, and he thought, "Well, I have about uh, I had about ten thousand dollars worth." And I was it to him. He says, "I'm gonna let's let's analyze these." And so I should have made. I'll probably make this into a video, right? Because he he has as an engineer, he has a very precise to the half gram scale. He measures things with his when he does. He worked for uh, thiocol, okay. And so he has a very precise measuring scale. Electronic. He put one go back and measured the gram weight, which is indeed one thousandth of an ounce to the, to the gram. Exactly what it says on, on, the, on the face. And then he measured a hundred other ones, and they were all identical. No up or down. Then he measured the fives and the tens and the twenty-fives and the fifties, and they were all identical. He was mightily impressed. He says, "I would like to help you move these. These are great." But he he was—he did—he didn't believe that this could all be uniform. But he found out they were, and so he's, yeah, he's all on board. And I I appreciated that. I didn't think to even. You know, measure the exact weight of each one of these, but it's, it was exact, and that's the, the the neat thing about how these are manufactured. The computer generates them; it's a patent pending machine process, and it is absolutely awesome. So yeah, uh, get people. If people are interested in ordering these, don't wait. If you want to test the water before you jump in, fine. Get some. We'll ship them to your door. We'll actually, you know, box them and insure them through probably UPS, the brown guys. But they will come out to your door. And the, the only drawback, Ryan, I've got to tell you this, one, um, Goldback will not issue them unless the money is in hand. Okay? Mm-hmm. They won't send them to you and, and even put it on a credit card. It has to be, you know, they only take Federal Reserve notes in exchange. And every time I do that, I feel like I'm ripping them off. So, you're actually taking this filthy money and giving me this shiny beauty. He said, Well, that's the only way we'll take them. So, we have to work something out with that. If people want them. Uh, I would say, um, have to work something out where people have, there's not to be a little bit of a trust because uh, we have to have the wire and then we do have to certify it. And then, as, as it clears into into the into the currency, we'll change it for the money. So there's, and you know, I've, I've done a few people uh, that are substantial, over $100,000, and they didn't want to do it all at once. They did, you know, in $10,000 increments, and they tried one. You know, they trusted me, and it, it's just, a, you know, I don't know how else to do it other than just take an armored car to your door and change it that way. Okay. You see what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, we can so, make it anyway. happen. Absolutely. We yeah, can make it happen. But it's, I mean, once you have these, like I got people all the time now saying, I feel so, I feel secure. I feel safe with these, you know, in my possession now where I didn't feel that way, uh, two or three months ago. Okay.
0: That sounds great. Thank you, Dr. True. And, um, I hope to talk to you in person, uh, one of these days soon. We'll talk more about that later, but thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: You bet. My pleasure. You're, you're always on top of this. Great stuff. Um, yeah. Um, Let's just do it, people, and it's something that I guarantee you'll be happy with once you get them in your possession,
0: okay? Okay, there we have it. Dr. True Ott from Mother Earth Minerals, meminerals.com, if you're looking for any of the best supplements. And if you are interested in getting some of those goldbacks, please reach out to me at heroparanormal at yahoo.com. I will do my best to put you in touch with him so you don't miss out on any opportunities. Whatever you do, get a plan. Bad things could be in the works. And also plan on checking out heroparanormal.com or go to Patreon, look for Hero Paranormal, and subscribe. For $5 a month, the price of a coffee a month, you will not miss out on any of the extra content behind the paywall. Keep your eyes to the skies, feet on the ground, but don't forget to take a look around. Blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like an evising. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off. Come, blast off in my time machine. Third eye feeling like an evising. Blast off. Blast off. Blast off.